Oh boy. Uh, welcome again to the Deep Fried Cheese Nerds podcast. Episode 8, week 7. Oh man, this is getting old. I'm not enjoying this test that Packer fans are put under. Hopefully it'll be like that, uh, you know that, like, I don't know, poem or whatever that's in like every grandparent's um, bathroom where it's like that uh, footprints or something. Yeah. (laughs) It goes, uh, one night a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking along along the beach with Matt LaFleur. Across the sky (laughs) flashed scenes from his life. For each scene, he noticed two sets of footprints on the gridiron. One belonged to him and the other to Aaron Rodgers. When the last play of the game flashed before their eyes, he looked back at the stat sheet in... I don't know. I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Do you have anything else for today's episode besides some poetry? Uh, oh, we were thinking, I floated the idea of possibly doing uh, just 55 minutes of fart jokes and maybe like little <laughs> fart sounds, but uh, I don't know probably more listen. enjoyable than a current Packers game. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of like this here. I don't know if uh, if they'd stick around for the whole episode, you know? <laughs> the farts get old after a while. Yeah. At least they dissipate. They tend to dissipate. <laughs> yeah, this uh, Packers season will remain with us. <laughs> For quite some time. Um, It's just me and Cody today. Me and brother Cody. Ryan is in the process of moving, so he's focusing on that. The Packers are currently on a three-game losing streak, and we're going to get into our feelings on that. But first, this has been a very busy, busy week in the NFL. There is a lot going on. A lot of pieces moving around, and a lot of just really strange things happening. Yeah, I thought I was... I thought I was like missing something because it didn't seem like a lot happened uh, this week uh, leading up to this episode. But then I looked into it and I'm like, oh, my God, how did I how did I forget all this? There is so much stuff, mainly trades. There's been uh, like trades and rumors of trades. Um, The big one, probably the biggest trade we've seen in a very long time is uh, the transfer of Christian McCaffrey, superstar running back for the Carolina Panthers on over to the San Francisco 49ers for a second, a third, a fourth, and then a bunch of money, I think, too. Wasn't there like a second, third, and fourth this year and then something next year as well? I think a fifth next year. Okay. So that's that's a heck of a lot of capital headed towards the Panthers, who are obviously now in rebuild mode. They just dealt away arguably their most talented player with Christian McCaffrey. Do you think this was a good move for the Panthers? Uh, It was a good move for the Panthers, for sure, I think. Why why keep a dynamic piece like that if you know you're not really going to compete? You know, you might as well just load up for next year. And, you know, because he had... And the injuries thing, too. I mean, sure, he's healthy now and everything, but the last, like, what, two, three years he's been healthy... And then it just quickly goes down the down the drain. I think it might be a possible Rams situation last year, but the 49ers are trying it this year. Getting a major playmaker for some kind of run at the Super Bowl. Yep, you know, getting that extra push. Because, I mean, when he's healthy, he's probably the 
best football player in the league. Well, for fantasy, but yeah. <laughs> that does translate. To, I mean, I, I can't know. think of a running back that's better than him. Uh, all things equal as far as right. health and stuff. I can't think of a running back who's more effective than Christian McCaffrey. Right. That uh, 1000 yard rushing and 1000 yard receiving season is, you know, hopefully he can repeat that. That'd be enough to, I think, take him pretty far if he stays healthy. And if Jimmy G can have that magic, you know, <laughs> Jimmy G and magic are not two words that often show up in the same sentence. That's true. They did. <laughs> he did get them to, well, maybe not just him, but he did get them to a Super Bowl and then an NFC championship game. I so. feel personally, I feel that Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of crowd surfed into that Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure he had much to do with them getting there. Yep. Especially in the nfc championship game when it was the raheem show i still can't believe we lost that game yep i remember we watched it together and it was uh, it was there was a a silence uh interrupted by profanities the whole night and we're just helpless at home watching on tv you know we can't hop on the field and do any better nope but um we might be able to do better than amari rogers yeah I'm pretty sure a broom with a bucket next to it could catch a ball better than Amari Rogers. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is currently 26 years old. He's coming off of a couple of really bad injuries. I think the Panthers got the better side of this deal. Obviously, like you said, the 49ers are probably in win-now mode. So it makes sense for them, but they gave up a lot to get them. So it better work out. Uh, there's so many more trades this week. We really got to just shotgun through all these. James Robinson is headed to the Jets to replace Brees Hall, which tragically his season ended. Kadarius Tony is headed to the Chiefs off the Giants bench injury tent. Yeah, he's... Uh, uh, and then I just saw doghouse? a doghouse with, like, it's a blue tent, but inside there's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Quinn, one of Chicago's star defensive linemen, is headed to the Eagles. And that was surprising because we heard all those rumors about Roquan Smith at the early part of the season, and that was all shot down. And now his buddy Robert Quinn gets dealt. So it's a, a hard thing to see a grown man cry, but the Bears made one of their players cry. And it's strange that it's happening right after the Bears had a pretty good showing against Bill Belichick, of all people, in Foxborough. Yep, they uh, they weathered the um, the lightning that is Bailey Zappi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that game was probably the most surprising game of the weekend. Oh yeah, for sure. And it kind of looks like Chicago has figured out how to use Justin Fields to the best of his abilities now, which is a scary thought. It would appear the rest of the NFC North is on the upswing while the Packers are nosediving. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Lions are quite there yet. I know we were really excited about them uh, at the beginning of the year, but... Something's up there. I think I think they're missing Swift in a big way. Yeah, and it might be like a, a good culture, but not a good coaching staff i don't know because hmm. they they are just uh how can you have 
the they had the number one offense there for a while and then it just I don't know. They're not even like winning games with it, you know? Yeah. And they haven't looked like the number one offense the past couple of weeks. Matt Ryan and Mac Jones both benched. So while we're talking about the Patriots game, Mac Jones benched for the zapper. Uh, and then Matt Ryan benched for Sam Ellinger. It looks like the Colts are done with their rent a QB philosophy. I bet Nick Foles will be on that. Uh, <laughs> will be starting on that team before the end of the year. I mean, the Colts might be in rebuild mode at this point. They're um, they they could probably use it. They they need some pieces. Maybe they're interested in getting rid of a few people. Finally, <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson. We're back yeah. to NFL gossip corner. <laughs> Russell Wilson's a strange, strange man. Did you see the high knees story? Yep. I saw the high knees story and I, I just, <laughs> I have it pictured in my mind, you know. I know. Uh, I've seen so many TikToks of uh, Russell Wilson doing his let's ride thing in yeah. the middle of a plane aisle and just yeah, take some sleep, man. Get some sleep. Yep. Apparently, well, for those of you who didn't know, apparently he was, you know, on the flight to London, right? On the flight to yeah. London, he's uh, like, it's an eight-hour flight. Yep, and he's just running around the middle of the aisle doing high steps or high knees or whatever. Probably everyone's just trying to sleep, and you just hear Russell Wilson just, <laughs> just thump, thump, thump. <laughs> Oh man, I can't imagine. Like those guys have got to just be. Russell Wilson is starting to feel a little like Diet Kanye, but NFL style. Minus the... Never mind. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, yeah. Uh, I... In addition, did you see... Oh my God. Did you see his sandwich commercial for Subway? No, I didn't. I thought they like pulled it or something. Or they, I'm uh, going to share it with you. Hang on. I'm going to put sandwich. it in the Discord. You need to watch this. This is the most cringy thing I have ever seen. I, I, it oh is boy. bad. It's oh bad. Boy. Whoa. Did this, did this air? Yes. What is this? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's like, he's maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe like the Denver, the elevation, you know, maybe it's just, maybe he's just not used to the air and it's uh, destroying his brain. It could be, man. I, this commercial is the most cringy thing I've seen in a very long time. Yep. Really poorly written. And Russell Wilson is a charisma vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> he's dressed like the Terminator. And he's like, he was probably like, hey, uh, you think you'd look cool with the shades? And they're like, well, it kind of doesn't really match with it. Well, I think it'll be cool with the shades. Right. Well, we can see one of the lights in the reflection of the sunglasses, though, Mr. Wilson. Could you please? (laughs) No, no, I think it'll look cool with the shades. (laughs) Hold on. Let me get a few high knees in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's gone off the deep end a little bit here. I don't really. um, At least it's entertaining. I mean, not if you're a Broncos fan <laughs> <laughs> from like a morbid perspective, it's kind of entertaining. Yeah. It's like, you know, not really watching a car crash, but like watching the weird dude at the fair kind of stumbling around and then he looks, 
at a family and he goes, I <laughs> just watching that. Yeah. It's it's a spectacle. I think we can oh man. Did you have a favorite game this week that you watched? Uh actually, um Seahawks and Chargers. Just the the Geno Kenny Walker domination hour. It was I there's sit the Seahawks are sitting at four and three, I believe, and they are atop the division without with Geno Smith. Wow. Ninth year breakout Geno Smith. Who expected that with uh, the defending Super Bowl champions in the same division, the 49ers, who made it to the NFC Championship game, and the Cardinals, who started off last year 6-0, 7-0, and have one of the, mo- the youngest, most exciting quarterbacks in the league? I mean, who thought the Seahawks, who had just traded away their franchise quarterback, would be <laughs> king of the mountain in that division? Yeah, and then the team Russell Wilson went to is just nose diving in, in a, <laughs> they're in nose diving a, in a plane and russell wilson's doing high knees all the way down yeah and the plane looks like austin powers uh jumbo jet <laughs> catering nothing but subway sandwiches <laughs> and they're all eating it with the wrapper on all right well we're about well, we're coming up on the halfway mark of the season so for this week's discussion question i wanted to get your opinion who is your current super bowl guest now that we have an idea of the teams, or at least some semblance of an idea of the teams, who do you think makes it to the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with, obviously, the Bills. I think they're, you know, even though they're um, kind of like the Bills, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes division, you know. Um, I'm going to go with the Bills, though, just like probably everyone else. But instead, I'm going to take... On the NFC side, I'm going to go for the Cowboys. Hmm, I can just uh, mainly because, well, they are five and two, and there are two teams ahead of them, though. But the NFC East is quite, uh, you know, unpredictable. Also, it would just be uh, like a, you know, the the punchline of the cosmic joke having Mike McCarthy win another Super Bowl with a new team. So, I don't know. The way the season's going, that seems like the most likely outcome. It would be kind of a kick in the shorts for Mike McCarthy to get back to the Super Bowl before we do. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing half of your guess. I also think the Bills will make it, even though they're going to take a loss this weekend. <laughs> I'm urging it into existence. I think they're going to head to the Super Bowl, and I think they play against the Eagles. Same division that you chose, but I'm thinking the Eagles continue... They're currently undefeated still, aren't they? Yep. Yep. I'm saying the Eagles make it, and I don't see a whole lot of competition for them right now, besides yeah. maybe the Cowboys and the Giants, surprisingly. Yeah, the, the, the only competition they really have is in their own division. So, Which, I mean, again, such a weird thing to happen this year is the NFC, is that's the NFC East, right? Yeah. NFC, yeah, yeah. NFC yeah. least. Yeah. The NFC East emerging as one of the strongest divisions in football even washington i mean we're not that big a threat anymore but even washington had a great game against us yeah that's uh that's uh kind of a sad statement it sure is (laughs) if you have a question for the cheese nerds about the packers or the nfl feel free to contact us on twitter at df cheese nerds that's nerds with a u okay time to talk about the Packers, 
our lowly, lowly Packers. We suffered another loss this week, the third in a row, in the middle of our quote-unquote easy stretch. The Commanders beat us 23-21 in Washington. Boy, I'm just... I'm running out of ways to feel. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I... This team just feels completely disjointed and completely lost. They're not really doing any particular thing well, and they're doing a whole lot of stuff really bad. It's such a sharp turn from the last few years, you know? Like, it just, it feels like, how did it get this bad, you know? Like, last the last few years have been, you know, well, they've ended in heartbreak, obviously, but, man, I did not see this coming. I really didn't either. I mean, I knew we were going to take a hit. I knew Devontae leaving was going to, take away a piece of our offense but wow the offense looks completely lost like they like they forgot how to play yep i can't i'm just flabbergasted our offensive line has looked worse since these two all pros came back david bakhtiari is hurt again and i don't know what that means for his career or going forward because i haven't seen all that much news about him either i mean what do we do <laughs> What's the answer? I don't I don't think there's any one thing you can do to fix this team. Yeah, if you I think the first place you start is moving some draft picks to get a receiver. It almost seems like just like a like a wish, you know, like a wish upon a star to get a a good receiver on the team that isn't Devontae, you know? And they're so the Packers are so stingy with their draft picks, you know, like it's like they're always building for the future they're never um like how i say when i draft in fantasy i draft for next year because (laughs) i know that yeah we've been saying draft for the future we've been saying that since 2012 yep draft at what at what point is the future and when what shouldn't today be the day that we've been drafting for and we're yeah. no right now we're the worst we've looked since Rodgers took over his first year. It starts from the top. It's got to be the coaches and it's got to be Aaron Rodgers stepping up and being leaders. Yeah, it's you know, the thing happened this week uh where Rodgers, you know, did the tough love approach and said, you know, if guys are messing up, just they don't deserve to play, you know, you just bench them. But please. And I agree. You know, I agree. It doesn't make sense to keep these guys out there if they're they keep screwing up. Like uh, even Eric Stokes has been atrocious. And the only problem is if, you know, they say, well, if the guys if the guys aren't doing well, bench them. But then, well, what do you do? There's, you know, now you've just taken away your starters. And, you know, like there's especially on the offense, there's like no no depth. So. I guess they're stuck with what they got unless they can make some moves, you know? So I don't know. He's Rogers going to be pretty mad um, by the end of the season. I bet we have so much raw talent on this team or like we should on paper, the potential talent is off the charts. We have so many first round picks and so much money put into our defense. I mean, it's, it's astounding how badly they're playing and like, I'm, I don't like to be the fire this guy, fire this guy 
kind of fan, but Joe Barry, whatever he's doing just doesn't seem to be working. Right. And I don't know whose decision it is to keep Amari Rogers on the field, or at least for punts. Is it, is it Bisaccia? I don't know whose decision that is, but it's the wrong decision. Yeah. It's like maybe they're thinking, oh, we'll just keep putting him out there. And, you know, if he messes up, we'll, you know, we'll give him a pat on the back, let him go out there and try it again. Build up his confidence, you know, build up the confidence in the young receiver. But I, uh, no. I don't care how hard he's working behind the scenes. It's not translating to the field. And I'm not even going to say he should be cut from the team because we've seen him make plays on the offense. In the past two weeks, he's been involved and on the field for the offense, and we've seen him make a couple of really nice plays. But he, he should not be returning punts. This is his sixth fumble in his career or this season. I can't remember. His career. This is his sixth career fumble, and it cost us so much. Our defense had just put their foot down, got another three and out, and we gave them three free points, basically, because of Amari's ineptitude catching punts. Yeah, I'm looking at it here, and if I'm reading this right, he has four fumbles this season already. My God. At what point do you tell a guy, hey, you're just not cut out for this particular spot? Yep. Give him give him kick returns. Let him let him do that. But punt returns where that's such an important part of what we do. And we just need to get someone who can literally catch the ball. I don't even care if they return it at all. They just need to be able to catch it. I don't want to yeah. be freaking out every time that punt is in the air. That's when we're supposed to be happy and we're supposed to be excited about what is about to happen. Not dreading <laughs> it feels like every punt is a Hail Mary for the other team. And you got to cross your fingers and hope. Uh, Jeremy Ross, I want to talk about um, as a returner, like a punt and kick returner. He played very few games as a Packer. And I just, before he was just, you know, shipped off because he was like, it seemed like he was terrible and he couldn't, you know, he maybe messed up like twice and he was gone. But Amari Rogers just keeps getting more chances. You know, we had that guy um, just a couple years ago, Tyler Irvin, who specifically worked really hard learning the punt return position. And I'm not sure where he is now. I think he's a free agent. Why don't we go and get him? He's only 29 years old. Bring him in. He's it's it can't be that expensive. Bring a guy who knows how to catch this freaking punt. He's available. Just go get him. Remember when they had Micah Hyde returning uh, punts? I do. That was a weird year. He was good, but he just didn't have the breakaway speed. I yeah. remember he got dragged down in that Steelers game on a potential touchdown return. We do have a little bit of good news. Christian Watson returned to practice this week. Hopefully that means he'll be available for us this weekend. I'm not sure where he's at with his hamstring, but him practicing is a good sign. And there are a lot of trade rumors floating around right now. Uh, historically, the Packers are not very active in free agency or with trades. We always seem to be in the mix, quote unquote, but we never land the fish. We got our hook in the water, but usually the Rams shiny hook brings the fish in. Yeah. 
Um, some people that have been thrown around this week for us, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Brandon Cooks, Michael Pittman, AJ Green. I mean, any one of them minus AJ Green <laughs> would be <laughs> would be amazing. I'd love to get them. I don't think they fix all of our problems, but it would sure be nice to have somebody that Rodgers can go to. Yeah, it would be nice for possibly the the team, you know, winning games, but it would probably be even better for just, you know, uh the image that uh Goody has with the fans, you know, they're starting to turn on him. So they got to do something to save face and possibly save the season. Otherwise, they're they're just going to keep getting uh, more more hated. Yep, and I I don't think it's all Goody's fault. I think he's made some pretty good he's made some pretty good picks in his time here. I think people get a little hyper focused on like the Jordan Love pick, but people forget that. He made that pick before Rodgers went on a back-to-back MVP spree, and it looked like Rodgers was sort of losing interest in football when we drafted him. So I'm not one of those people that's hyper mad at the Jordan Love pick. I'm not one of those people that's thinking thinking Goody can't draft, but it'd be nice if they could make some kind of splash just to show the fan base we care, we see the problems, and we're going to fix it somehow. But then the one trade rumor that's looking like it might be real is AJ Green, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's a like a facepalm moment, you know? Like, you know, it comes out, oh, Rodgers are interested in AJ Green, and all I can picture is that Cardinals game last year when he didn't turn on, the, on his route and... Uh, Razul just picked it off and the game was won for the Packers. That's the only thing I can think of when I yeah. think of AJ Green now. I don't think of his heyday on the Bengals. I think of that that play. Yeah. And I think of AJ Green currently standing on the sidelines of Cardinals practice, helmet in hand, not doing anything. Why would he do any more for us? I would love to see us get Pittman. I mean, I've seen someone predict Jordan Love plus something for Pittman. And I don't know if that's like the best idea. We've put a whole lot of capital into Jordan Love's development and we might need him sooner than later. But I mean, I would love to have Pittman personally. Each trade target has something wrong with it. You know, Uh, DJ Moore, it would probably cost too much to get him. Chase Claypool, uh, he's had some bad experiences Plus, I think Steelers want quite a lot for him. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Cooks, there's probably multiple teams in on him, and the Packers won't give enough. Plus injury concerns. Yep. Michael Pittman, he's on the rookie contract, I believe, and the Colts probably just want to ride that while they can. Hopefully they get a quarterback next year, but I don't know. I think think Jordan Love is they're going to they're going to ride that until he just shows that he can't play. It might take 1 year with him, you know, but they're going to I have a feeling that they're going to just roll with it. You know, they made their decision to draft him. They've kept him this long and I just think that's the way it's going to go. It's it's either going to save their season or save their careers, uh talking about the front office and the coaching staff. It's going to save their careers if Jordan Love is great or it's just going to get everyone fired. Yep, I think um, this might be the first year that we see some of our staff on the hot seat. Yep. I mean, 
Barry is already on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get right into the offensive performance. Yeah, we talked we've been talking about it a lot just in our other topics, but oh boy, that was a bad bad showing for the offense. Just abysmal. Yeah, I don't oh and six on third down. How does that even happen? Like uh, what what was the stat? Somebody had posted that hasn't happened since like uh yeah, uh make marking their worst performance in the category since October seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine. Wow. Over twenty years. This is an Aaron Rodgers led offense and we couldn't convert on third down. That nineteen ninety nine terrible performance is now old enough to drink. So <laughs> and it was probably drinking when it was watching the Packers last Sunday. Jones and Dylan combined for thirty three carries in the overtime win against the Patriots. Since then, uh nineteen carries against the Giants, 19 combined against the Jets, and now 12 combined against the Commanders. And in all three games, we had a sizable lead where you're supposed to turn to your run offense and drain the clock. I mean, what more can you say? Our, we're, we're a run-first team that will not run. But the coach keeps admitting after the game, oh, it's not good enough. We got to get Aaron Jones 20 carries. Here's what I think happens. The Packers' early game plan is all about correcting mistakes from the week before. They say, we're going to run the ball better. So on the opening drive, that idea is fresh in their heads. This past week, the first four plays were Aaron Jones' runs. And our first touchdown was a sweet little screen to Jones from four yards out. So the system works. Rodgers, Jones, and company drive down the field for their first score on either the first or the second drive, and then the opposing team scores or a cataclysm occurs, like Amari's muffed punt. We panic, and then we start throwing nonstop. We started this game run-heavy, very, very run-heavy, and uh, I was like, okay, they're committing. And then the rest of the game, 12 more carries, or 12 carries total. It's silly. When you have running backs as talented and as dynamic as Jones and Dylan, how do you not figure out how to use these two together? Wide receiver stuff aside, I mean, we should be leaning on Jones and Dylan so hard. They should be the centerpiece of this offense. And it, week to week, it's just not the case. Yeah, they're the most effective part of the offense, yet they're used the least. Did you see our first touchdown was that pretty little screen? to jones that's the kind of stuff we need to be doing with him and clearly they know how to i mean that was a that was a beautifully drawn up play i don't know why we're not using more of that kind of stuff i'm waiting for this team to take advantage of medium routes more it feels like they either throw underneath or over the top 100 of the time but the short intermediate routes are completely absent from this team. And maybe it's because those take longer to develop and our offensive line isn't giving Rodgers time to let them develop. But I just want to see more of that. I want to see Dobbs catching the ball 15 yards down the field rather than dropping it two yards off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, especially on like, what was that? Like a fourth down? Yeah. This, uh... The drops in this game were, oh my god, the drops and the penalties were just infuriating. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw something uh, that the Packers have like three receivers with the most drops uh, in like like the top 10 
receivers with the most drops include the Packers, like three Packers receivers. I think I saw that same thing. Three receivers near the top of the drop passes list. Yeah, here it is. Currently, we've got Romeo Dobbs currently has four. Lazard currently has four. And A.J. Dillon has three. Hmm. So, I mean, it's hard to get an offense clicking when you've got players dropping the ball or running the wrong route or the offensive line cracking under pressure. I don't know what's going on with the line. They looked a little better this week. At least Roger, I don't think Rodgers took a sack, but he didn't have time either. That's pretty good against the Washington front. But also, I think Ryan pointed out that the Washington commanders didn't blitz the entire game, which we didn't have any time in the pocket, and yet they didn't send a single blitz. That's That's a a damning stat. We talked about this a little bit in the news section. I would like to see them get a wide receiver. I mean, if Michael Pittman or DJ Moore came to this team right now, I think I'd feel a lot better. I think just from a depth standpoint, just from having bodies out on the field, it would feel a lot better. And I think Rodgers would probably be a lot happier, but I don't think it's the answer to the offensive woes. One thing I feel like people overlook is Rodgers has had years where he didn't have a great wide receiving core, or at least he's had years where his wide receivers were not getting open. But in the past, he's always been able to rely on his legs and his athleticism to get him out of situations. If there isn't somebody open downfield, he can run it for 10 or 11 yards. And I think with age and injuries, he just can't do that anymore. So it's a piece of his game that he no longer has access to. And I think we're seeing the offense struggling because a lot of these plays are designed to take advantage of that skill set that he no longer has. And we haven't adjusted away from that. On the defensive side of the ball, it's not much better. We had so many penalties this week. I think we had... It was uh, nine penalties, 69 yards. Four offensive penalties, three defense, and two on special teams. And one of those penalties negated a touchdown. Rasul Douglas's pickup six was negated because of a questionable illegal contact on Stokes. I watched it back a couple of times. I don't know why Stokes was called for that. The rules state that Stokes is allowed to hand fight in that kind of route, but apparently the ref told him you can't touch him while the quarterback is still in the pocket. I don't really know what Stokes is supposed to do on that kind of route. I guess he's just supposed to let the guy run by him. Uh, It seemed like a very questionable penalty in a situation where that penalty had nothing to do with the play. That That took six points off the board for us, six points that we would have really liked to have. Obviously, a game can't be boiled down to one play, but that was a pretty massive play. You know, we could... And also we could like, we can blame the defense for these, but it's because of these long drives, you know, they can't, they just can't deal with these long drives. I have no faith in any third down situation that this defense can get off the field, whether it's third and two or third and 14, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, well, they've got the perfect play to get us or to get a first down right now. And there's nothing the defense can do to stop it. 
and that's uh, just look at the time of possession. You know, like uh, Washington had 37.07 versus the Packers 22.53. That's, that's almost doubling. That's crazy. Oh, it, I mean, and it's like a it's like a whole team effort too. It's like the offense can't get the ball moving, so then it hurts the defense because the offense can't stay on the field, so the defense is always on the field. And they get gassed, and Taylor Heineke, uh, the greatest player to ever wear number four, just, <laughs> he just, Taylor Heineke. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? look at how terrible Taylor was playing for the first quarter and a half. I mean, he threw a pick six. We were up 14 to three. He could not get anything going. He fumbled again, despite Stokes's illegal contact. It should have been a horrendous day for the Heiner, but he just couldn't, he could do no wrong after that pick six, it seemed like, or after that, uh, that penalty called it back. And that time of possession is what kills you. You, the defense can't get off the field. They only gave up 20 points, but that's not to say the defense played a good game. They could not get off the field. So most of the time in that game is spent driving. You don't need to score a lot of points if you control the ball for the entire game. I think it, it came out last week. Robert Sala told his team to bring us out into deep water because he knows we can't swim. And I think that's true. I think our defense gets tired, and I think they don't have the endurance for these long, extended drives. And that's the kind of thing that's supposed to fire an opponent up. You hear that. And you immediately hop on the treadmill and you run for, you know, two hours straight just to get your endurance up. But I, this team feels there's a culture of poor us for this team right now. Just a deflated morale, you know, it's just it's, <laughs> it's deflate it gate. Gets, yeah, deflate gate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's just week after three games now dropping each one each to a. I guess progressively worse quarterback. I don't know. Like, I guess you could say that Daniel Jones is at yeah. least the most tenured, and then Zach Wilson. And honestly, we probably should have lost to Bailey Zappi. Yep, I yeah, think we kind of we we pulled one out of our butts there. Yep, but um, at least we didn't lose it. But I wouldn't have been surprised if we had. Finally, mm-hmm. special teams. We talked about it a little bit before too. I mean, come on. This was the point of emphasis in the offseason, and one of the key positions was not addressed and does not seem to be addressed week to week. With Amari Rogers being this bad and some crucial penalties, uh, giving up field posi- good field position for the other team, it's, it's a backslide from the last three games. Yeah, especially after such a promising start. I mean, we were looking positively average, and now we're starting to look like the good old Packers special teams unit. Yeah. The good old days of just last year. Actually, no, it'd be this year. January. Yeah. Yeah, Basically to sum up the game, it's looking pretty grim. Uh, I bet we'll look back on the season. Um, It'll be a pretty important kind of a landmark season uh, for the future of the team. Um, Depending on how it goes, if it keeps getting worse or if it stays the same, Rogers will probably retire. And um, this season, then, we'll put the coaching staff and the GM on the hot seat 
unless they can just absolutely turn this around and go on, you know, 10 game winning streak and then hope to get in the wild card. It's like, it's not looking good. It certainly isn't. Despite it not looking good, we can still give out some awards. Let's give out the award for our Golden Brown Player of the Week. I can start. I think Devondra Campbell had a pretty decent game, and uh, his pick six really fired up this team at first, and when he got that, I was almost sure that was okay. The Packers are back. Thank you, Devondre. It was nice. nice to see a pick six after such a long time without one. I'm going to give the Golden Brown Player of the Week to Rasul Douglas. He had some pretty good plays there. Good pass breakups. Almost got that touchdown. Should have got that touchdown. Should have got the touchdown. You want to give me your nominee for undercooked curd of the week? For my undercooked curd of the week, I'm going to have to go with our man, A. Rogers. Um, Amari Rogers. <laughs> Becoming a pattern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this season, um, the guy's got more fumbles than he has catches so what does that tell you about a guy um i think i can just stop there yeah i agree i don't know what to do with him i mean come in for a gadget play every now and then he was looking better on offense than he was on special teams but he just doesn't fit as a punt returner my undercooked curve of the week romeo dobbs and not just because he gave me a goose egg for fantasy <laughs> football but because he is dropping quite a lot of passes. He had four drops, or he's got four drops on the season, which puts him tied for second league-wide for drops. He's got good hands. I know he does. I'm not so sure how he is after the catch, but I know he's got good hands. We saw the Jets game. He snagged that pass out of midair in a pass that I didn't... I don't think many players can make that catch. But this week... The drops were terrible, and they were always at the worst time. Romeo Dobbs gets the undercooked card of the week, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I think it was like, what, a fourth and one? or four, It was really close fourth down, and yeah. they got it to him, uh, you know, a pass play for some reason, and he just grabs it, and then, bing, it's gone. Yeah. The ball is gone. I don't know if it was... Yeah, I can't remember if it was a guy who batted it out. I think so, but still. Yeah, there was that one... Where Sam, uh, where Sammy Watkins missed his block, mm. uh, he was supposed to block down the field, but he just ran a route instead. So Dobbs was met with contact from the corner, and okay. then the ball popped out. But yeah. even then, I mean, get the catch, make yep. make, make the catch and fall down. I don't know. Yep. And I don't even think I think that might have been the third, the second or third bad play from Dobbs up to that point in the game. Yeah. So it, it, so when it happened, it was just like, oh my God, can this guy catch a ball? I'm noticing something else with our offense, and I should have mentioned this during the offense section, but our yards after catch have got to be pretty close to like the bottom of the league. I don't feel like we're making a lot of yards after the catch. Right. If If we do catch it, it seems like we catch it and we're down immediately. I can't find the stat exactly, but it definitely feels like we're not making plays after the catch let's end our award season on a happy note deep fried play of the game i'm giving it to aaron jones and his td that was classic packers rogers football beautiful beautiful route by jones a beautiful catch by jones and a perfectly placed ball by rogers 
that felt like a exclamation point. If our defense had been able to get the ball back in the ensuing drive, I think that was a spark that could have got Rodgers going to finish this game out. Is that the play? I can't remember which touchdown it was. Is that the one where Runyon did a freaking sweet somersault into the end zone? No, you're thinking of their first touchdown after ah, the, okay. the Jones screen. I'm thinking, oh, sorry. This would be Aaron Jones' second touchdown on the day. The, oh, the big pass to the outside. I'm going to go with the last play of the game when they were tossing it back and forth, lateraling it to each other, trying to get a miracle. It lasted a really long time. So, Longer than I expected. Exactly. And I think it, you know, sums up the Packers season um, pretty perfectly. Just uh, moments with uh, short jolts of hope. And then it ends up with Rodgers laying face down in the dirt. So uh, <laughs> After a bad throw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a penalty on that, so it wouldn't have counted anyway, but... It was yeah. nice to have a little hope for, yeah. you know. At least it was probably the most entertaining part of the game. So Next week, the Packers march to their doom. We <laughs> play in Buffalo against the best team in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, with the most explosive offense in the AFC. We play them in primetime for the entire world to watch us <laughs> get yep. spanked. In Buffalo. I'm sure the schedule planners were looking at this week, just salivating, thinking yep. that it was going to be this clash of Titans. And now it looks like something much different. Yep. They thought it was going to be some like old versus new changing of the guard type quarterback uh, transition. But <laughs> instead it's, it's a uh... Gyarados versus a magic harp. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Funnily enough, though, I'm seeing the fan base completely divided with this game. Either it's what we're talking about now, where we just expect to get spanked over and over again, or I'm seeing this really brazen confidence, just this sheets to the wind, you know, yep. <laughs> uh, ass over tea kettle kind of confidence where we're just feeling like we're going to go in and beat the bills, you know? Yeah. And I think those people are going to get a hard reality check uh, probably by the <laughs> second quarter. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. But, I mean, it's at least entertaining. It's it's cool that there are some fans, and I think us included, who are who want to show confidence in this team and believe we can turn this around. The Bills are just that good of a team, though, where it's going to be difficult to really hype myself up for it yeah it's it is kind of you know i i i have this kind of feeling in my head because of the last uh about four or five years of fantasy football where eventually you just stop really caring you know and you have <laughs> stop letting you it know, get to you exactly so you can watch a game you have no nothing riding on it you can just enjoy the game and yeah. like we know the I know well I shouldn't say oh I know but like the Packers are probably gonna lose so if you just yeah. keep that in mind you don't think you're gonna win so then you can have it ripped <laughs> away just just accept it. There's an odd sense of freedom coming from it where exactly 
you don't have the expectation to live up to at this point. You're anything better, anything better than completely farting in our own faces is going to be <laughs> euphoric. <laughs> that was a very delayed laugh. <laughs> yeah, well, just it just that out of context, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What are the keys to winning this game, if there are any? I see in the notes here you have that we're now a trap game team. Yep. It's, you know, it's, I'm saying we have to pray for something like the Chiefs versus the Packers back in like 2011, you know, the one in the 15 and one. But I just, I realized typing that, you know, into the, into the thing that the Packers are now a team you're going into thinking that you'll beat them, but now like they're a trap game team. There, you go into it thinking you're going to win, and then all of a sudden, you know, you lose, and it's like embarrassing. So, right, yeah, this this, we could be the team that catches the Bills off guard. It won't do anything for the Packers season, but boy, it's going to be pretty embarrassing if it happens to the Bills for a week. You've got this other thing written here that uh, another situation, oh, in which the Bills finally, or in which the Bills take a loss. Yep, it's. Okay, do you remember Greg Schiano and the Buccaneers and the MRSA breakout in their locker room? Okay. Okay, yeah. except this one, it's like the movie Contagion, except it takes place in the Bills locker room. <laughs> if that happens, then we get the win. Yep. <laughs> They'll just have to forfeit, you know? Yeah. Well, aside from the trap game mentality or the just completely unfounded confidence of our fan base i think we have to face the reality that the bills are a very good team and they're probably going to play very well on sunday um i have no real reason to think the packers will even be competitive but (laughs) this is kind of uh, i'm more excited to see the bills offense clicking you know i want to see some big big josh bombs you know yeah i mean josh allen i think is the biggest threat in this game yeah, his legs and his arms. And we thought we could escape the Stefan Diggs um, slaughter with the Vikings, but he's back. Honestly, I think um, after last week and getting burned by Terry McLaurin, this could be Jair's angry game. Mm-hmm. And that might wipe Diggs off the counter. It might take him off the field completely. Yep. So... Who knows? I mean, they yep. still have Gabe Davis and Shakir and Allen, and maybe Alexander takes away Diggs, but there's six other massive playmakers on that team that we got to worry about. Yep. You got uh, Gabe Davis. I think you mentioned Gabe Davis. And also uh, just Josh Allen's legs and Josh Allen's arm. And you know, that might that might that's all you need with them really um yep. i don't really know much about their run game but it can't be like the it can't be the top of the league because i think that would have been pretty uh you know public knowledge you know if it yeah. if they were just like really good running team they so, have a running back by committee approach but josh allen does most of the rushing for them anyway yeah so just kind of like the it's like the ravens but with a much more electric <laughs> passer yeah. Like you said, I think at least one exploitable weakness is the Bills running game. It's not perfect. I mean, Josh Allen is probably going to run all over us anyway, 
But if we can hold the run, I mean, our pass defense has been decent lately. Yeah, since it's... switching to man coverage. So maybe we can stop if we stop the run, force him to pass. I don't know. <laughs> if the if the defensive line can stop some runs and the secondary and the linebackers can focus on coverage without having to deal with giant gash runs all day, you know, um I guess it's a it's either that or maybe um I know Buffalo is prone to like lake effect snow and I know it's a bit <laughs> out of season, but with that triple dip coming you never know. It might, you know, in the next few days, just flare up. If the lake effect snow happens and it dumps like, I don't know, a good two, three feet of snow, and maybe it'll be like a ground and pound game. I don't know if you remember that uh, Bills, was it LaShawn McCoy versus somebody yeah. in the snow? That was a cool game. I know what you're talking about. So, that was, yeah, the big winter game. Yep. It would be, I think that's our only hope is an act of God. But then watch that'll happen. They'll get the, you know, three feet of lake effect surprise snow and they'll just move the game to like, you know, <laughs> Detroit. Right. No like kidding. That one year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to we're going to need a miracle here, but I don't know. At least we can go into it expecting to get whooped and not having our expectations blow up in our face. And maybe next week, you know, the we'll just be on top of the world. You know, talking about how we beat the Bills. There's nowhere to go but up when you start from the bottom. Yep. All right. Since Ryan isn't with us, we're going to skip the haiku for a week. Um, and we'll update the records next week for, for both weekends. In his absence, I will make predictions for the quick trip around the league this week. It'll be like the uh, the pinch pinch. Is that what it is? A pinch hitter? <laughs> yeah, pinch hitter, yep. okay, A pinch hitter. <laughs> Maybe this is where Ryan's lead tanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just have to deal with it. That's yeah. what he gets for moving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time for the quick trip. Shiloh edition. Thursday night's game. That's tonight, actually. We're recording this on Thursday. Tonight's game, Ravens at Buccaneers. Ravens. Ravens. Broncos at Jaguars. Jags. Jags. Panthers at Falcons. Panthers. You know, Panthers. I just want to inter- change. <laughs> I just want to interject for a bit. Okay. Um, there is a timeline where Russell Wilson is a Jag because I believe in the third round of that draft, uh, I believe the Jags took a punter. Oh, no. So I believe it was Brian Anger. <laughs> And, oh yeah yeah so hey he certainly angered the fan base at that one yeah i mean i think that was the khalil mack no 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 anyway yeah russell wilson <laughs> possible jag let's move on all right let's start panthers falcons again panthers okay. at falcons panthers falcons bears at cowboys 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 dolphins at lions dolphins lions Cardinals at Vikings. Cardinals. Vikings. Raiders at Saints. Raiders. Saints. Patriots at Jets. Patriots. Jets. Steelers at Eagles. 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 Titans at Texans. Texans. Sorry, I shouldn't be thinking about this. Titans. Commanders at Colts. Colts. Commanders. 
49ers at Rams. Rams. <laughs> Niners with CMC's first week of full practice. Giants at Seahawks. Seahawks. Giants. Just interjecting there, did you know that's the only game happening this week with two teams with winning records? Wow. That's kind of weird. Um, and then the Monday night game, Bengals at Browns. Bengals. Bengals. All right, that's your quick trip. Sorry, Ryan, if I just tanked your record. Um, we'll see what happens. Any of those games you're looking forward to? The London Jags versus Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I can't. The high stepper himself. Yep. High stepping his way all the way to London. Yep, he's going to be playing. Uh, or I'll get to wake up early in the morning to see my, well, I kind of am, am a little embarrassed to call him my favorite quarterback now, but <laughs> I get to see my favorite robot, weird, non-human quarterback play my, <laughs> I guess, my favorite AFC team. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Cardinals and Vikings game. I am hoping the Cardinals pull it out, but I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen, um, but I think it's going to be a fun game regardless. Okay, uh, time to... Take a crack at our Bills game. What are we what are we thinking for a final score? How bad is it gonna be? I don't I don't like guessing scores because I don't know which numbers can even happen. But uh <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Bills putting up a fifty burger. Oh <laughs> I don't want that. I I think the Bills are gonna beat us by at least two touchdowns, sadly. But I'm also praying that those people with brazen confidence prove us wrong. They're either going to win or they're going to lose. They might tie. <laughs> One of those that covers three. a lot of bases. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Deep Fried Cheese Nerds podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DF Cheese Nerds. That's nerds with a U. You can tell us your thoughts on the team. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can also watch podcast highlights on TikTok at DF Cheese Nerds pod. We'll see you next week. Well, we best be hitting the road. Have a good one. Bye. Speaking of Greg Schiano, do you remember when they tried to rush the quarterback on the victory formation in his year yeah. coaching? Tom Coughlin really, was so mad. Yeah, it pissed a lot of people off. Just didn't didn't like was it a buccaneer? Yeah, it was it was all it was all of them. Yeah. They, uh, didn't they like dive head first into like the center in the quarterback's hands? I think the whole line went and went for it i could be wrong but at least a few of them uh tried to tried to get in there i'm still not sure where i land on if that's good sportsmanship or not i mean you gotta keep playing to win right if there's a chance yeah but why does it never happen <laughs> i suppose you're right yeah. all right bye what <laughs>